Ujjayi. Greetings, hello, and welcome to the Earth Center Coventry podcast. May you and your families be in good health and well wherever this finds you. It's always a pleasure to be here, to be present with you, and uh, presenting for you today are myself, Pixar, and... And me, Yatepia. So hello, everyone. Uh, today... We have with us a fellow initiate from initially from the Chicago School by the, uh, the name of Nehez Menyu, who was among the first few to take the initiation in the West when this Kemetic initi initiation was made available uh, again outside of Africa by Master Nebnabala Musum Borodenibik. And we give thanks to him, give thanks to the ancestors for all of the sacrifices they've made to, to allow this to, to be now and to become here in outside of Merita. Uh, Nahez um, has also held the position of Zeshmi for many years and um, I can see smiling <laughs> with all of the, the responsibility that that's held over the years. Um, with the, the Zeshmi really means um, in a nutshell, that he's responsible for the Umtam schools internationally, um, and and you might might want to share a little bit of that a little bit later on on what that means. Welcome to the show. Um, where are you now, and how are you? Thank you, thank you, Ujjayi, Ujjayi, everyone, all of the listeners. Um, I am doing well. Um, it's a pleasure to be here. It's a, it's great to be on, even if it's just online to be in the same space, same virtual space with you guys there in Coventry. Um, I am currently in the Newark Temple, Newark, New Jersey Temple. Um, here is where our next graduation ceremony in the Umtam schools will be. That will be this upcoming Saturday. So I'm here to attend that just before I travel back to our temples in uh, Burkina Faso. Wonderful, so, wonderful. It's my pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Um, thank you for, for hosting this podcast, uh, getting this momentum started so that we can, you know, the message, the mission can reach more ears and more eyes around the world. So my pleasure. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. And you've, you've occupied um, a number of different roles. You've had, you have many ongoing initiatives within the Earth Center now. You've made it your life, and um, so we really appreciate you taking time um, with us here in in with this temple and the school and the Earth Center here in the UK and 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 on this mission. Um, now, there's many areas we can talk about in Kemetic spirituality, uh, which has such an incredible history, presence, and future. Um, but it would be good to start with a bit about your background. Uh, and whilst it was maybe many years ago now, you know, how did you find yourself going into initiation in the in the center? Okay, um, sure. Well, I um, I'm originally from Seattle, Washington, which is a city in the northwest region of the United States, uh, Washington State, not Washington D.C., where a lot of uh, people first referred to when you say Washington. Um, and I was born there to my parents. I'd like to thank my parents, um, um, both of whom lived there 
while I was growing up. Um, and Seattle, Washington has a very, uh, it's kind of championed its natural setting. So there, it's very green, a lot of mountains, water. So that really, most people growing up in Seattle have an interest in nature. So, you know, we grow up going on camping trips. We grow up doing camping, you know, when our parents send us away for the summer, we get to go into nature. So uh, that was always an interest of mine. And because that was an interest of mine, that took me to uh, studying indigenous cultures, indigenous wisdom, indigenous healing um, pretty early, maybe right after uh, high school and right after. But right after high school is when I got a lot more interested. And when I traveled, I traveled to um, Atlanta, Georgia, which is the opposite end of the United States in the southeast corner uh, for college. And I and I attended some of the historically black university. Uh, I attended Morehouse, which is a historically black university or historically black college. Um, but what I saw there the ambitions of the people coming together, the the curriculum, it really kind of, uh, it really heightened my interest in indigenous culture more because I saw we weren't, you know, there wasn't an interest in, in getting back to nature-based culture. There wasn't an interest in getting back to, to uh, culture based in Africa, it was more of an interest in, in entering the machine and keeping up with the monster. And in high school, I really got into studying, you know, more revolutionary thought, revolutionary in terms of the term revolutionary in the states where, you know, um, the the fight for for rights of, of black people, fight, fight for rights of indigenous people. And so, I was really kind of uh, disenchanted by university education, and I got much more, I devoted myself much more to indigenous study, even at the sacrifice of my grades and my classes in the university. So I ended up dropping out and then um, traveling to the West Coast looking for indigenous elders I could I could study with and that's when I saw that Masanaba had traveled to Chicago uh, or traveled to the states he first arrived in Iowa and but he was getting started uh, with his classes and his programs in Chicago and I made my plan to travel there because I was like okay once I started reading his writings um, learning about his background where he was coming from you know, I had read some about the Dogon already. Uh, I didn't like, I didn't like uh, focus on the Dogon and what I studied. I just was kind of trying to swallow everything I could mm -hmm. get on indigenous cultures because they all seem to bring people back to to nature and and unifying with other human beings, seeing, seeing the commonalities with other human beings and other life life forms on the planet. So when I saw his writings and I I saw the level of his uh, understanding and clarity in his writings, then it was just like, okay, how do I get the money to, to get there and get started? So that's really how I started. And uh, I like to end that by saying uh, um, my background now, in addition to being where I'm from, in addition to 
you know, traveling, looking for education now is really underlined by being a disciple of Neb Nava. So I'd like to give him thanks. Thank you. We never, uh, we don't, we don't often take too much time to really understand each other's backgrounds coming. You yes, know, there's a yes, lot of work to do. And me like explaining that. that much is going to you know, be <laughs> some surprises to you guys. So yeah. I, no. I went there. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. So, um, you say you, you was very interested in indigenous cultures and what was it about uh, Master Naba because he spent a lot of time to bring this back to humanity, back to the West, this knowledge. Mm-hmm. What was it you thought you think he saw um, in the West that made him devote his life to this mission? Um, I don't know if I could say it was something he saw in the West. Mm. Um, because I think really his life called him to this mission. He even once told us, you know, people might look at, at his life and and really honor him and think he made a lot of sacrifices and did a lot for us. And though he did, you know, like I used to tell him when he was here, man, Makuru, we really owe you big. Though we owe him big, he, he was just fulfilling his destiny and his destiny as a member of his bloodline uh, who has become known for um, taking uh, spiritual education and the legacy of human enlightenment around the world. Um, He just was really standing in that. So I don't necessarily think that he saw anything in the West for him to do do that around the world in general mm-hmm. it's needed amongst humanity and i know one time he he even expressed because he he got started in in you know he got started in burkina faso where he was from his uh spirit for discovery research and establishing the work he was doing even took him on travels throughout europe on travels all over africa he crossed the sahara about four times mm-hmm. Um, but what took him to the West originally, I mean, you know, he might've just been putting it this way for this, uh, uh, interview that he did, but he said, you know, for me to even have, have an effect on my people here in, in Merita in Africa, I need to go where they're looking. They're not listening to me while I'm speaking to them here. They're all trying to chase, you know, fads and, and and philosophies coming out of the West. So it's better I go to the West, get started with the people that are there who need it too. And then once it catches on, then my people will pay a lot more attention to it. Mm. So uh, I think in general, he was doing this uh, as his responsibility and his destiny, but for humanity in general. And even in reading his writings, that's what really stuck out to me because in writings, especially writings that are about human enlightenment, pushing things forward, discovering or or uncovering issues that humanity is have, have, having, it's easy to put it in the us first them and a blame game. Yeah. 
and the system does this and you, they do this and they do that. But in Michael's writing, it was very piercing, like to every person that read it. Like, where do we stand? How are we contributing? Before we can talk about what they're doing, are we them? Mm-hmm. And what's really the difference between us and them and me and, and the ones outside? And that really, to me, just kind of like impacted me because you could see it was a spiritual master talking. It wasn't somebody who was a kind of a, you know, it's easy for us to be hypocrites and talk about what's the best thing, but we don't necessarily do that. But when a spiritual master talks, it's like, it's a challenge. It's not really like a, uh, it's not really like a condemnation, but it's a challenge to to each person listening that they they must do better they must be the best person they could be and you can't blame anybody else so that's really what stuck out to me kind of removing himself from that dualistic tendency that's everywhere in the mm-hmm. world right now and and just calling calling on the quality and the human being no matter who's listening i could Thank really go and spend some more time on that and and really uh, that's something to meditate upon for sure, for all of us, just that alone. Um, you you spent time with uh, Neb Naba, Master Naba, or as he's also now now known uh, as Prophet Naba. And in a religious sense, and you know, we may have we may have our own like definitions or or perspectives of what a prophet is, but he was. Um, uh, given that title in his life or even after uh, the woods to show what he's really done for the Kemetic heritage and and what it is now and to to really show his elevation in that Um, he was also a teacher a healer a priest he had many 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 things and you spent time with him and how I always I do ask you this and I get something different and how was he as a person there's his perspectives that you've just been expressing of how he deals with this duality and you know and helps people to elevate but how was he a person to be with to travel with to work with to learn from um uh, I could try to wrap that up in words but you know like he used to say, words just gonna ruin that. <laughs> um, but uh, he really, um, it was in, it's interesting because I've actually sat and thought about this recently, just uh, in trying to really define how we present the Earth Center so that the Earth Center matches what you used to feel being by him. Um, because when you were with him, he was very personable. He was very, I once said at his funeral, like he was probably the most balanced person I ever met because he was very welcoming to everybody that was around him, that was near him. Made you feel like you you belong there. But at the same time, once you really got to know him and, and especially as an, as his initiate, there was this pressure, like you have to be the best you can be when you, around them mm. and you want to be the best you can be you know even when you're not around them so that 
you know, you're not letting yourself down and you don't want to let him see you letting yourself down. It's not even about letting him down. It's like you don't want him to see you not being the best you. And he was really good at transferring that feeling. Uh, you know, don't ask me how I'm still working on really trying to to get there. Uh, whatever responsibilities I have in the initiation and the, in the education without really having that quality, you know, that it, there's a lot of room to, to, there's a lot of room to cover because to have that quality, it's like just being near him. You want to pay attention to everything he's doing. You want to uh, uh, get your questions together, you know, so that, you can ask him, but even the way he carried himself is like your questions almost just vanish because it's just like, okay, I know what I could be doing in the moment to be better. Let me just do that. So mm. that, you know, I, you know, I, I'm dealing with that pressure that I'm, I'm feeling from him. So, uh, there's that, but what I say by he, he was really a balanced person because, um, you know, I saw him play games with his children. I saw him um, uh, interact with no matter where we went, where we traveled to, how he interacted with everybody. Somebody in the room is going to think, you know, is going to think of him as like their best friend. And me and uh, some of the other responsibles in the Earth Center who spent time with him always laugh because wherever we travel, if anybody knows him, they're going to come up to him and be like, oh, yeah, I knew him. I said, no, man, we were best friends. We don't know him like, <laughs> you, you, you guys don't know him like I know him. We were, we were friends. You guys are students. And, and we just laugh in our minds because we like the last place we just came from. The guy just told us the same thing. And the lady just told us the same thing. So that it was just that warmth that warmth that he had that, that kind of gave you a place to be where you felt welcome, but at the same time challenged you so that you didn't feel too welcome wherever you were, you wanted to be better. So that that's really amazing. And it's hard to put into words. So to you, was he the example of a person that you was trying to be not in what he said, but how he made you want to do better for yourself? You said the way that he carried himself was um, he was the most balanced person you've met and anybody that approaches him, he made them feel welcome. So it wasn't in his teachings as such, even though those were important. It was showing people how to be without being imposing. Mm -hmm. Showing people how to be and just being a person, you know, always being a person, always being um uh accessible willing to receive people willing to help people mm. as busy as he was as much as he was doing as much as he accomplished just like you know he was always there for somebody um uh who needed who needed assistance who needed help and that that was really something that i there were so many things that i saw in him that i wanted to uh um developing myself yes definitely um yeah mm -hmm. I, I don't know if if he really became like 
something someone I was trying to emulate because when we really when I really took him as a master he he really quickly always was emphasizing that like you know the master points at the moon you make sure you look at the moon you don't look at his finger you make sure you trying to be where I'm pointing you to not trying to be like me don't even try to mm -hmm. understand what I am who I am so he kind of prevented that but definitely there were a lot of qualities that he exhibited behaviors that he exhibited that I wanted to be better at. Wow. It's deep. It's powerful. Mm. <laughs> it's deep. Master points at the moon, don't don't uh, don't look at my finger, look at the moon, look where I'm I'm heading. Oh, I... <laughs> and um, um but mm. yeah I'm glad you brought that up about the prophet um title too because you know, prophet is such a charge. There's so many words that are so charged nowadays. Mm. Um, and, you know, he even talked about that because in his life he had reached the level of a prophet. And prophet is originally is just a, a, a level of high priesthood in the comedic uh, hierarchy of, of priesthood. Okay. And he had reached that in life. Now, after he passed, then you had the temples really celebrating his life, celebrating his accomplishments. And then in addition to him being a prophet uh, at that level, they kind of were speaking to, they kind of wanted a message to be brought out to the world that's kind of more speaking to the way that prophet is understood now, where they were saying, if you're you had prophets that led people to your religion, that led people to your to your message. Understand, we had one too. Like, look at who he was. Yeah. Like, you can look at his life, the quality, all of that, and understand that the 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 traditions were behind him. We sent him out, and he accomplished what he was doing. But there's still kind of a, a misunderstanding, delicate balance that is not often misunderstood by just readers in a mm -hmm. magazine or or people that hear that or people that hear the term prophet them now but to really know that it wasn't like he was ever trying to be religious or claim something because it was a title he had got to and then it was other people who were saying you know really he did good at bringing people from all over the world now to look back at the original temples and the, the original spiritual principles and and we proud of that. We sent him, we we gave him something and his initiations and his educations contributing to him being able to do that. And we're so proud of him for doing that. So if you think that there there were other prophets that did stuff for the religions, know that we're proud of our son who did this, you know, for mm. the traditions too. And and there's another like notion that comes, maybe it's a modern notion that the prophet can like see into the future or see what current actions will Prophesy. lead to. Yeah. What would you say about his ability, his writings, his, you know, ability to on those like with that aspect of a pro, someone who prophesizes or prophes, prophecies or whatever the word is, <laughs> the, um, the prophet and yeah, in your uh, perspective, now that you've been following this for 20 years or you know more etc and, and you learn with him well I, I smile because even when he said it 
when he said, you know, when he was explaining to us that originally it was a level of priesthood. Mm. He said, nowadays you call somebody a prophet because they read the future. But where I come from, a 12-year-old reads the future. Yeah. That's not a prophet. And if you consider that, he went through initiations at age eight. His his bloodline, his family is known for being able to, uh, being very um, advanced at the science that the traditions have kept to read the future. He's been doing that for a long time. And when you really, the, the Mtam science that is what it's called, that's where the school gets its name from. When you really become uh, a master in Mtam science, it's almost like reading the future is like just you breathing mm. the f- future. You're breathing, being able to read energies, being able to see ahead. So even one time he, in just a candidate conversation with some of his initiates, he was saying, like, you don't understand as much as I've time, discipline, I've dedicated to the time science, I have to work hard not to read people's minds. I have to work hard not to just sit in and think and look ahead. And even he gave himself a period in his life where he said, I, I won't do readings because I don't, it's almost like cheating too much. I don't need to be looking ahead so much. So that part, he definitely was. Um, but that part for him, that wasn't really what made made a profit. You just candid conversations with the masters. Like, wow, really? Just sitting there having a conversation with, oh. I, I've, I, the reason why, when you said that, it's like, wow, to me, because of the changes I've made because of the Earth Centre and because of what he's left for us. And then you say, oh, just a candid conversation with him. It's like, <laughs> what was that like? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, what maybe appears candid to me is still him just setting us up for a lesson. So yeah. I don't, I can't say that wow. all the way. There's, there's many things that as initiates we can all talk about and how, you know, our lives have changed and from the teachings and, uh, whether he visits in dreams or, or you know, uh, his words inform us to be the best version of ourselves in the present for the future and etc. How how have his teachings benefited and impacted you, your life and and your family? You know, as a you got a you're a husband, you're a father, you many things, a son, you know, a family member. How how has it impacted your life? Like the initiation, <laughs> like the yeah following the spiritual way now, the comedic spiritual way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, that's really a hard question to ask. I mean, answer, because how has it not? I have uh, seven children now. He was the one that really pushed on me and my wife to start. So, you know, and then, um, um, When I traveled to Chicago, I will back up and continue when where I left off, you know, when I said, how did I come to the Earth Center? When I traveled to Chicago and I arrived, um, I went to the center to meet him before we got started, uh, but he was sleeping. He usually slept in the mornings because he worked all night long. So then... I met him out 
a few days later, but for when it was registration day, I arrived to the center and um, me and the guy who I would end up, the brother I would end up graduating with were the first two there. And so we had some time to talk, kind of asking each other, you know, about our background, what brought us. And then him and I got close and he would, you know, cause I traveled there. So I didn't have car, I didn't, you know, I was getting everything um, uh, set up and he would give me rides home. And about the third class, he gave me a ride home and he was like, we were both in the car, just like mesmerized, just staring at the dashboard. I don't even know how he got <laughs> us there safely. And then he was like, we didn't even learn before now. Like there, we didn't, we weren't even learning before now. Mm. And we were just there. We probably sat in the car for like an hour, just mostly silence, just kind of like, there's nothing else we need to be doing. Like, wow. So from that time, I really kind of made the decision, like, I don't see any other model and any other bank of knowledge of education mm. where, you know, that's worth my time. Now that I've seen this, I don't see any place else. So since then, it was really like I really tried to devote myself to it. Um, so it's really become my life and therefore transformed my entire life. So that's why I say it's hard, hard to say. Mm. Of course, when I got started, you know, because of how much I was devoting myself, because it is a big paradigm shift, of course, family's going to be concerned, like, what has he gotten himself into? Um, and how it's really affected my family is because, you know, paying attention to his teaching, I wasn't trying to go and teach them anything or force anything on them. And they were there concerned. And there was one time when a uh, family friend had gotten, uh, was dealing with a health issue. And uh, my relative was explaining to me what happened and what the doctors were saying. And just in conversation, I was like, oh, that's not good because this, 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 and that. And if they do this, this is going to happen. And if they, But if they do that, this is going to happen. And so we got off the phone and whatever I said, it happened just like that. So then they started questioning, like, maybe he is learning something there. And then they started slowly coming to me, asking for health advice. And slowly, you know, just in time and patience, mm those who were maybe teasing me for what I was doing, then really started asking more questions, respecting me for what I was doing. So um, it definitely influenced all aspects of my life, my relationships, because, you know, um, I dedicated myself to it and was really looking to transform my life with it. Um, uh, so, I, the question would really be what part of my life hasn't been touched by it, hasn't hasn't been influenced by it, um, and I can't really find any place that hasn't. Um, uh, even relatives that I uh, relatives that I wasn't wasn't close to before, we've started to communicate, and even they've started to do things, uh, spiritual works in the temple to, to take care of their ancestry and things in their family. So it's just influenced everything, everything. And uh, 
just as this education has done generation after generation, it puts a heavy responsibility on the person who's receiving it because now um, uh, you can serve as someone who can assist others. Mm -hmm. You know, the education you're receiving can assist others and to be accessible to family, to friends, to community, to be able to connect them to um, this heritage that's been kept for humanity it's influenced everything. So, um, after, after walking as an initiator, a pilgrim with these teachings, what do you see as the significance of this for those seekers in the West? Um, what do you see as the significance for these teachings? How do you think it would? Okay. When we're, when we have, when we're receiving the teachings, we know how beneficial that these teachings are to the individual. And we also know how beneficial they are to humanity as a whole because of the times that we're in. I wouldn't say how is the best approach, but how do you see um, the changes in the West that is happening now with the, 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 the situation that everybody's in? How do you see a way forward with this initiation with the people? Because it's, it's at the moment it's hard for for um, for the masses to understand what's going on because it's, it's very hard for us as initiates to to talk to somebody in the family about this um, knowledge about what we're learning and how we're changing so how how difficult is it to to influence or to not I wouldn't say influence because that sounds imposing but how oh I'm trying to find a way to get this across how would you how what's the best way to get this across to people without without being imposing or or the words i'm trying to use when i'm talking i'm actually seeing makaru as i'm speaking because you told me about the way he was welcoming and i'm actually answering the same question i'm going to ask you he was he was welcoming he was um wherever he went he made people feel warm and i suppose that is how we have got to be as initiates not to emulate what he did but to find it find within ourselves the things that make us better to be able to express that without the words right now i've got to change my question because i kind of answered the okay. question myself <laughs> just let me know are you ready <laughs> yeah okay it might take a while <laughs> okay is there, so is there anything you would add to that in how to um, get that across or to how to not to get it across but to share yeah, it really depends because um, if the question is about our family, our friends, specifically our family, you know, you don't need to talk about the change. Your family is yeah. going to be there with you. It's like you don't, you don't, you don't need to talk about when you're farming. If you planted seeds, they're going to grow, and everybody's going to see. If you talk about it, is you're just asking them to believe you. So with your family, I really. 
always advise initiates don't worry don't mm. think about changing them don't you're not the one to change them especially elders in the family as long as you really dedicate yourself devote yourself and you start to make those changes in your life they're gonna see because they're the ones concerned about you so mm. they're watching close even if you think they're not watching they're watching close and if they see your quality rise and they see uh you know your behavior settle and all of that then they're going to respect it and you know if you talk that generally just prolongs that from happening that just kind of delays that from happening because there's something you're trying to force mm. and then they know then it gives their uh concerns a justification you know um if it's now not family and the people in the community we're trying to get the message out to mm. um in that way uh it's really still about embodying um those qualities um embodying that humanity because really after watching and thinking about it that's just what i saw in nebnaba is mm. that he just had so much humanity anybody he's in front of he he was caring for because it even that's even how he cared more for himself so to care about the human being in front of you is to care about yourself and as we start as we grow in doing that um you know you 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 us person can't help but to feel warm around that uh and when you really embody that and become that then you speak with that just like Masanaba spoke mm. with that and so all of that transfer transfers translates you know the energy translates in our speech so as long as we're embodying that then then that's going to going to be received but um with our community it's really just consistency in 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 having the message out there and being seen out there that's why you know i was thinking you guys when i came on for starting the podcast because it's things like this that are just consistently consistently uh presenting who we are and what mm. we're doing to people that that really affects people so i want to ask you just a, um, a little uh, your position that you hold as zeshmi of the umtam schools um in the in the center but what does that responsibility mean to you? It's, it's a bit of a personal question, actually. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it, what does that responsibility mean to you? And as a follow-up too, which is about uh, the and when initiates come into the school itself, there's a guide, there's a handbook, and we place emphasis on that structure. Um, that that people that we that we live within in the school itself. Um, how would you describe the structure overall that initiates who come to the Umtam schools work within then? What's the significance of the structure in relation to the committed culture? So there's like two questions there. The first one is, um, what do I feel about my position as the Zeshmi? Can you restate the second one? I don't know if I've called them. There's a structure to the Umtam school that Makaru has put in place what's the significance of that in terms of you know coming into that as an initiate and you know in in comedic culture and comedic life i see okay um well the position of zeshmi uh 
way I think about it is that um, I'm, I just have a responsibility to each initiate in the Earth Center, to all of the initiates of the Earth Center. Even when Masunaba first left the West and he traveled back home, I had Hatani or seniors in the initiation. But he told me I was now responsible for all of his all of the initiates. And I didn't understand it at that time. And I was like, but what about him? Because <laughs> I call him out to be so why, why am I getting that? I didn't say that, of course. But it, it kind of uh it was it it was confusing to me at the time. I was ready to take it, you know, whatever he needed. When he left it was like I was just, uh, let's make sure we keep this going because whatever is done for my life, other people need this. So that's kind of how I see it, is just being responsible for everybody, every generation in the Mutama school, making sure that um, the, that same opportunity that was that he provided, that I, I was able to take advantage of, is here for every generation. Now, the way that that's done, for those that are here now and those that are here in the future is really through the structure, making sure that there's uh, a structure in place, principles in place that allow people to come to the well and to you know get the water to um, to drink and to to cleanse themselves with. Uh, but the structure is so much because the structure for us in the West when we are coming to the initiation is bringing us back to principles of community, how to be responsible for each other, how to depend on each other, how to work together, and how to do it and communicate in it clearly and effectively. Um, so as long as the initiate really plugs into it and it works to try to understand it, works to uh, um, abide by it, it really helps us to recover the com community that we lost because mm -hmm. in the west everybody really lives for themselves um sees themselves as just themselves and uh has kind of just forgotten how to uh have that responsibility for for each other We've forgotten how to have that responsibility for each other. For, where even when we want to, it not not because of, I wouldn't say at our own fault. It just kind of lays at a surface level because we don't have a structure that's set that allows it to really um, um, reach deeply, reach deeply into community. You know. Um, so I hope that yes, no, that answered does. the question. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I suppose with the position of Zeshmi, also not just the position of Zeshmi, but all the initiates that come to this Earth Centre who are dedicated, it's a, it's a position of responsibility for life. Um, as you said, what Makaru left behind and you feel a responsibility to make sure that everybody gets it, I suppose that's what we, we all have to do um, throughout our journey with all outside of the earth center once you receive this knowledge it's not like it's not like taking a book home and then putting it down on the shelf you have to live it 
it has to be with you all the time it has to be um and it's not forced either it's once it's in you that's it it's very hard to um to change away from it once you've got it even if you you're not walking with the earth center once you've got it it's still there it's something that's and that that's that's uh, that's, uh. <laughs> that's yeah it's transformative it's, yes, you know, it's really transformative and uh it's funny because even i speak to some initiates who are no longer active in the earth center even the brother who graduated with me and even me when i was first in the initiation and i was just studying and just trying to wrap my head keep my head from spinning and mm. how much information i was getting each week and at a certain point to me i didn't really because i was so focused on that just you know making sure from week to week i'm keeping up i'm doing well i'm helping the you know my generation i didn't really see a lot of change but then i would travel back to where i'm from and people would be like what happened to you what (laughs) so and then that transformative aspect definitely uh, because I talked to the brother I graduated with, and he, he even tells me, like, in his community, some kid came up to him and was like, why are you here with, with us? Like, shouldn't you be somewhere teaching somebody? <laughs> like, what? Yeah. So it's uh, it's really true. It's really it's really powerful, and it really shows you the, the power of the heritage of education that humanity has, mm. you know, education, what education, the potential of education to have to have come up where you know the education that we know is more about just fitting into a system of laws and you know um and protocols Mm. what education really truly was really has a huge potential and a huge power so um okay so the Earth Center's mission now is to preserve and promote humanity's ancestral culture for the health and well-being of all people. It's a big mission. Deep, <laughs> deep, long roots, uh, way back into the Nile Valley civilization, but also way back before that and uh, long into humanity's history, it's humanity's spiritual heritage, we could say. Now, the Centre is an international cultural and spiritual not-for-profit organisation. So there's that cultural and spiritual aspect to it. Um, what comes to mind about the international nature of the Earth Centre to you and the schools at the level of the individual on this journey, this initiatic journey and beyond? What, what can the seeker gain from that international nature, that mission that goes beyond the individual school and the individual initiation. Is there anything you want to say about that at a collective level? Um, Well, I think uh, what primarily sticks out to me is what I was uh, referencing before, growing that humanity. To really educate ourselves and really grow our humanity to see how how um, how much we have in common as human beings, regardless of the uh, 
background we come from the system we've been indoctrinated by the the language we speak the commonalities that human beings share um and the the common the commonalities that come from our our origin our roots is really it really is empowering to somebody on this path of enlightenment because it helps us see that what i was saying that it was almost like you could see you could touch and mark it where he just kind of cared for each human being in front of him mm. and so uh, the organization being international and even because it is a spiritual organization an initiatic organization that becoming or translate into an international family now allows one to really widen their perspective beyond their locality um, and i think in education in general that's important no matter what what field of study you in you know to really develop to really um, advanced in it you have to go beyond your locality so when we really learning about human quality and trying to to achieve human quality it's really really important in that but then also not just to have a international family but one that's anchored to a place where the principles are are in in grained and entwined mm. in the in the social fabric is really really powerful um and that's really um a major part of the international aspect because it gives us all a meeting place we might all be able to visit and see each other and our where we come from but a meeting place yes, that represents where we're all trying what yeah. we're all trying to embody what we're all trying to reestablish in our in our behaviors and our the ways we interact with our family with other people and all of that um, and that's that's really powerful to me mm. that's not easy definitely not easy <laughs> but uh <laughs> this path in general is not easy so <laughs> maybe that's a subject for another conversation you know the challenges that come up and how we stay on the path and how, how people stay on the path mm -hmm. etc of elevation yeah. is there anything we haven't asked you like that you'd like to share you know as as ashmi as <laughs> yeah is there anything you'd like to share with people you know this will go out to people here in the midlands it will go ahead to people in here in the uk uh, this platform in general will go out to anybody who wants to to listen around Real the planet yeah. so um what yeah at this stage either going into opening the doors of initiation or anything else that we haven't covered well um uh, i don't expect this to be my last time on the show great so i'm not <laughs> rushing to, to, <laughs> to, to say it. any last thing uh however i i am really happy about um i am really pleased about where the earth center is and the utam schools are right now because um where the rest of the world is seeing as a pandemic i mean we're going through a pandemic the rest we can see it. there's a lot of uh, suffering a lot of challenges to the the uh, way that we were accustomed to living um, but at the same time it opened up a big opportunity for um, the mission uh, a pure mission like 
um, exalting and re exalting so that more and more people can reclaim the original principles, uh, you know, the original education, the original spirituality that is at the foundation of human civilization. That's a that's a very pure mission. Mm -hmm. It's just asking everybody to to reconnect to their source and to be to try to uh, be the best that they can be. It's a very pure mission, and this difficulty that the world has seen, even this kind of restrictions being being confined and isolated to our to our houses, which seemed like it would be, uh, I mean, which was, but seems like it would be a big um, challenge and blow to spreading that mission has really opened an opportunity through, you know, everybody moving to the internet and um, uh, businesses moving to the internet more and the channels that that opened up. It's really opened that up. And so we've, in the meantime school, we opened our first online generation, um, which brings even more, which speaks even more to the question you asked on the international uh, organization level, the international family that's growing of people all over the world that's now um, has having this spirit of of uh, redeeming or, or reclaiming humanity's original principles. So just watching that in this time is really, really uh, promising, is really, really hopeful, is really inspiring. And uh, we are also opening um, the doors of initiation in, in some of the local temples, but even because of the situation, most of them have to start out online. And so that also makes them a lot more accessible to people, even in that location. Yeah. Um, so that's that's inspiring. The other things that we're doing, the projects of Medita, some of the projects that they're doing with the comedic schools and child ch children's education project, mm -hmm all of those things are you just really kind of saw that um that this this shift you really see a shift in uh the ways we were we have become accustomed to living in the modern world shifting towards now wherever it shifted towards it really opened up for a uh, old way that's maybe new to people yeah. to now be a lot more in the in in the in in the attention and 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 the eyes of people who need it, who are looking for it, who are looking for. Hey, I don't even you know. So many people are saying, I don't want to go back to the way it was. Mm -hmm. I don't want to go back to the way we were accustomed to. And now for um, the mission to reach more places and and give people that opportunity to say, well, we can go back to somewhere else that that functioned better. You know that that had been. Um, maybe out of our uh, out of our attention or our awareness for a while but it never lost its 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 potency its effectiveness its mm -hmm. uh, its its profundity so that really is inspiring to me right now and I just want to share that so any listener who has not looked into the earth center what we're doing please do so um, uh, so that you can find the benefit for you and and your family Wonderful. Uh, I'd like to carry on, but I'm afraid we need to 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 bring <laughs> no this problem. to bring this to a close. And this um, one, you're to a very close. <laughs> very welcome. We will be reaching out to you 
for the part two. I'm not going to say the net the the second part, but the the, okay. the next part, <laughs> part two um, of many. I hope. Um, and thank you for your um, the inspiration that you bring with your experience of um, Nebnaba, mm. your experience having walked and stayed on this path um, to help yourself and your family, your ancestors um, and everyone else in the initiation, all the initiates, all the generations, mm. past and present and future from, from the work and connect, helping us all to connect the dots uh, back to our own humanity um, and so that we can connect the dots to each other and keep those uh, connected. So really appreciate and grateful for you being here and yeah. hearing you and sharing with us. Do well for that. My pleasure, do well. And um, we know that there's so much more, so we welcome you back on the show soon. Um, so it's bye for now, goodbye for now um, to, to Nehez. Hatani Nehez, Zeshmi. Um and Nehez you mentioned yesterday or at the online you said please call me Nehez to 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 certain initiates because you don't that name. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So the title. This is so your that, name. So. You know, that's 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 really, uh, you know, I'm proud of the responsibilities that I have, but that one has a special place, you know. Because that's the one I earned in in initiation, and even I still remember the conversation where after the graduation, uh, Neb Naba was in the back, sitting in his office, and you know I was excited to get the name, and I came up, and even before I could open my mouth, he said, "Don't come asking me about the name. I don't know why the Earth named you that. (laughs) It's a beautiful name, but don't ask me." And so then I was like, "Okay." You're right, you're right. And I had to swallow all of the questions, but, you know, that one really is, is special to me. So And just, just share a minute longer or whatever we we take, but what the meaning of uh, both your the name Nehez, but also the generational name, please. Okay, my generation name is Meniu. Uh, Meniu will mean um, shepherd shepherd or one who takes care of something um so uh that was my generation name uh me and the brother i have referenced in the interview share that name together um really at the time when we received it we really took it as a charge in uh, promoting the Earth Center, making sure the next generations to come were going to be bigger and bigger and bigger, and we were going to take care of bringing people to the Earth Center. Um, but the more I learned after, even that brother of mine and I, the, even the bloodlines we come from are in shepherded. So, mm. as a you know, it's it's multi layered. Uh, Nehez has. A similar meeting because as a noun it could also mean guardian or somebody that takes care of or watches over something but as a verb it means to awaken so depending on how you use it in the mendo it, it takes uh, multiple meanings wonderful thank you both very fitting i wouldn't <laughs> expect anything else either and uh the earth gave you those names so mm. profound for your for your life and and the like so 
but we're going to say goodbye for now. For now, for, for now. now. Thank you I so much, Nehes. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was uh, for me. It was an inspiration to hear you talk, actually. So I'm oh, sure a lot of people out there will be feeling the same. Going, wow, I need to hear more. So we, yes, we have to have you back on the show. Okay, well, hopefully I'll be doing that one from uh, my home in Bobo Julasso because I'll be heading there uh, at the end of the, the weekend. So and I, I may be a little more sweaty in that one, but <laughs> more comfortable. Bobo, somehow more comfortable. Bobo Dilesu is, is in uh, Burkina uh, East, Burkina Faso, uh, which is Western, mm-hmm. West Africa. Uh, West. West, sorry, West, 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 Burkina Faso. West Burkina Faso, yeah. uh, which is West Africa, mm-hmm. or Meritar, mm-hmm. as we traditional Africa, and uh, as we we like to say. So thank you. Yeah, just yes, please. No, I was going to say just between Cote d'Ivoire, Ivory Coast, and Mali. You know, in my travel, mm-hmm. sometimes you say Burkina Faso, people don't know, but if uh, you say Ivory yeah. Coast, Ghana, Mali, people tend to know. Yeah. Okay. okay, and. Thank you, Hez, um, and thank you also to the listeners for giving your time to hear what the, the Earth Center has to share with, well, on, on humanity's comedic culture, comedic, uh, humanity's spiritual heritage. So we, we thank you. We look forward to the next time. Uh, so we are Bixar and Anjatepia. presenting today, and uh, we look forward to speaking to you again soon. Episode 11 Interview with Nehez Meniyu